You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello, welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of experience makes up for a maximum amount of effort that we put in every week. <laughs> my name's Ken. Uh, my co-hosts are here with me today, Jeff, Neil, and Matt. How are you guys doing? Oh, just say the line, Ken. I mean, uh, 75 episodes in, are you rebranding us or what's going <laughs> on Forgive here? me for trying to make it uh, a little more interesting for the listeners here. I'm, uh, I'm hopped up today because uh, my Collingwood Magpies are going to the grand final as of this recording. You mean my Collingwood Magpies? Our, our Collingwood Magpies. I've been a Collingwood <laughs> fan since I was in diapers, Neil. Ken is trying to uh, still in diapers, absorb <laughs> my essence and become me go pies That's go pies uh so yeah basically they uh they played my other favorite team richmond tigers uh in a uh winner take all going to the grand final and they they beat the defending champions by 37 points so now what sport is this slam ball i don't know. Slam get ball, out yeah. of here <laughs> well maybe the reason we're so excited is because we have some great guests in the studio well not in the studio but skyping into the studio today first of all we have cruiserweight champion adam addy lewis how you doing today I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for Skyping in from overseas. I know that's that's harder to Skype from a long distance than a short distance, so we really appreciate that. So that's how technology works. Well, right? it's the, the string of yarn. It's so long. I mean, I don't <laughs> even know how many miles. The tubes? Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I, I already had uh, something new cooking up, and I uh, wanted to question you about that. Uh, Addie's Proxy Pub Quizzes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Uh, I'm a quiz addict from Scotland, and I'm also a quiz host, and for the... Since the start of this year, I've been running one of my pub quizzes um, online via email. I send it out via uh, via email and Facebook to anyone who wants to do it. And basically, I send out the quizzes and a list of rules, which basically replicate the conditions in the pub. So basically, teams of up to four, 75 minutes for six rounds of 15 questions, 90 in total. Uh, you send the questions back to me. I send you out your scores, and after a week or so, I'll publish a leaderboard of the final results. So it's the exact same quiz that I run in a local British pub. So you're essentially competing against people from all around the world, as well as the local regulars in the pub. It's a lot of fun. People seem to enjoy it. 
Uh, it is quite difficult, admittedly, but it's also quite accessible. I think even solo players, no one's ever got less than about 40%. Well, Eddie's going to be playing uh, today with Matt, I believe. Maybe they should be uh, Team Transatlanticism. How do you feel about that, Matt? I'm fine. Feeling a little emo today? A little today. A little yeah. uh, death cab for cutie? I thought they were going to be Matty. I don't like that. Oh, <laughs> that, is a, that is a good name. It's our celebrity couple name. Speaking of Intercontinental, <laughs> we also have Intercontinental Champion Mike Cameron joining us again on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, welcome back. I think uh, everybody knows you a little bit at this point. Thanks for coming back. You had a special kind of game format to host for us today, didn't you? Uh, yeah, uh, I thought I'd try to change it up a little bit to see how it uh, worked out. Uh, I know you guys are open to um, you know uh, different and interesting formats. I've been watching the uh, Blitzport. Um, it's been really fun. So I thought I'd uh, try, try something different if y'all were uh, open to it. And uh, we'll see how it you know works out. All right, great. Well, let's uh, toss it to the rules guy first, um, so he can explain the normal rules, and then you can explain the amendment to said rules. So, rules guy, take it away. The rules of the game are simple: twenty questions split into two rounds, worth ten points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't want to pay him for the amendment. So. Right. <laughs> so, so why don't you tell us what's a little different today? The first round and the second round are 10 questions as usual. Uh, except there will be um, multiple answers available starting with question two. Question one will be a flat 10 points as usual. Question two will be one point for each answer that you can name of the two. And if you get both, then you get uh, the additional 10 points. Okay, so basically the format will remain the same, except there will be an escalating point system in the first and second rounds. So basically uh, one answer for the first question, uh, for a total of 11 points, and then 10 answers for the 10th question in both rounds for a total of 20 points escalating between the two. Correct. That makes sense to everybody? Yep. All right, uh, Jeff and Neil, what do you want your team name to be today? Uh, maybe in honor of the Magpies. Well, in honor know? of uh, Ken's favorite team, you guys. <laughs> the Magpies. The pie in the face? All right, I will relent. Yeah, because so Jeff's favorite team is the arch rival of the Magpies, the, Cal uh, the Carlton Blues, so... For did today, you, you can wear black and white. Did you mention that this is the Australian Football League? I think people know by now, uh, hopefully. Australian rules football. Yeah. yeah, there you go. All right, we have the Pies versus Team Transatlanticism. Well, oh. that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to pronounce that a lot today. <laughs> All right, Mike, you can take it away whenever you're ready. Okay, so question one in the uh, first round is, quite simply, what is the common name of the Mexican beverage made from water, Brown rice and cinnamon. Oh, we're locked in. You guys are locked in. Mm -hmm. You know this one, Andy? I have absolutely no idea. I'm teetotal, unfortunately. Doesn't usually stop me getting alcohol questions right, but in this case, I've no clue. I'm afraid. Here in Chicago, you could generally tell if it's an authentic uh, Mexican restaurant if it has one of the big machines filled with horchata, which is our <laughs> answer. Ooh, locked in with horchata. Okay, I'll trust you. Um, I. I'm sure what you wrote is spelled correct, but I believe the pronunciation drops the H. We said horchata. Yes, horchata is correct. <laughs> horchata less correct, <laughs> but that's okay. 
on next week's uh, episode of Pronunciation with, with Jeff. <laughs> All right. So starting off with a solid 10 points with both teams. Okay. Question two. To date, there are only two Major League Baseball teams to make multiple World Series appearances and not win any. What are they? Mm. We're going to lock in. You guys can talk. I was at a competitive quiz all day yesterday, an all day quiz event, and one of the best answers I gave of the entire day was knowing both teams involved in the 2017 World Series, which I suspect probably very few people in the room knew, but of course, almost any American would know. So, yeah, my baseball knowledge is basically non existent. Um, so, I've written down uh, teams that I'm pretty sure have not won World Series, which are Mariners, Padres. Rockies and Rangers. Padres lost in 98, and I'm not sure if they've lost another time. So I'm going to lock in with Padres and Rangers. Our first locked-in answer was the Mariners and the Pittsburgh Pirates, which we know won. Yeah. All I have to say is, good job, Matt. It was the Rangers and the Padres. All right. Well done, Matt. I think my team moved well. (laughs) (laughs) So they have 11 points on the first question, and then 12. Yeah, we're up to 23. My favorite number. Okay, question three. Held on July 18th, 1955, the Geneva Summit was a Cold War meeting of the Big Four, which saw President Eisenhower meet with the heads of state of what three other countries? My gut is usually wrong with anything historical (laughs) or fact-based, so. That wasn't a country. Okay, that counts. (laughs) Okay, Uh, yeah, we're we're locked in. Okay, Uh, what were you thinking, Eddie? Uh, yeah, I think if this is 1955, it's Eisenhower, so that's obviously U.S. I think the other three have surely got to be the Soviet Union, France, and the U.K. They were they were big European and or the Eurasian powers at the time. Um, I thought this was he- possibly heading in the direction of something like the Yalta Conference or something like that. Uh, I think it surely has to be those three. Yeah, I had U.K. and uh, Soviet written down, and France makes sense too, so we'll lock in with those three. Jeffrey? Yep, I believe we are in concurrence. We said the UK, uh, USSR, and France. It was uh, Prime Minister Anthony Eden from Britain. It was uh, Premier uh, Nikolai Bogani, Boganin from Russia, and uh, Prime Minister Edgar Farr from France. All right. Ooh. All right. All right, Wait. so 13 points for both teams there. Three for three. It's never happened to me before. Somewhat embarrassingly, I couldn't have named Anthony Eden as the Prime Minister at the time. I always get mixed up on... There's a huge number of UK Prime Ministers who are in a very short space of time in that period, and I always get mixed up between them all. That's okay. I couldn't name any of them. (laughs) Some of us can't name all the US presidents, so that's all right. (laughs) All right. Question four. The Hangover Trilogy features the antics and misadventures of four friends, Phil, Alan, Stu, and Doug, in Vegas, Bangkok, and various other locales. Well, actually three, because Doug usually ends up MIA for the majority of each film, but he's nonetheless a member of the Wolfpack. What four actors portray them? Just give me a minute. One of them, I'm forgetting his name, but... Is it the Doug guy? It's Doug. He's from National Treasure. Yeah, I just got to think of his name for a minute. Uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> That's the guy. Sean Bean? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> If Sean Bean played Doug, I'd be seriously worried that Doug dies every time he movie. disappears. Yeah, Scene Bean, Sean Bun. Oh, what's his name? I borrowed the first two films on DVD from my friend like two and a half years ago, and I've neither watched them nor returned them. <laughs> the hacker, that's him. 
I don't, he talks really fast. We just watched. You Treasure. forced me to watch it. I didn't that was really a year pay ago, attention. and we weren't paying attention. <laughs> it was <laughs> late. I didn't really want to watch it. Right. We'll, we'll lock in with three. There are three be, yeah. answers. Okay. <gasps> what is his name? I just. This is my favorite thing in the world. And I right keep now. hearing Andy Bernard in my head over and over <laughs> and over, and that's his character on The Office. And I can't come up with his name. I, I think I don't think it's Paul Rudd, but it's a Paul Rudd type. <laughs> For the sake of time, uh, I'm just going to lock in with Zach Galifianakis. Paul Rudd and Andy Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> so close. I know. Uh, so, yeah, we had uh, Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, and I can't remember the last guy's name. I feel like it's, I don't know why Jamie's coming to me, but I think because I was just looking at a picture of Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey for some reason. So, Who's staring at it. Yeah. So, those are our final, our locked in answers. The correct four answers are Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, and the ever elusive Justin Bartha. I did know Bradley Cooper. That one's annoying me because my friend is, well, one of my friends is basically obsessed with a guy. All right, that's one, one point for transatlanticism and three points for pies. Yeah. Go, go pies. My favorite footy team. Question five. Summarized in the famous Hadith of Gabriel, the five pillars of Islam are considered mandatory by the believers and are the foundation of Muslim life. What are the five pillars of Islam? This is not looking good for me so far. I've known one question. <laughs> I actually think that is the Arabic word for that. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember because I've, I've... Well, it's not going to help us, but I, I appreciate you writing down the Arabic word and the English word. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> but we just got to think of other words like this. And then... So... It's my favorite game that Neil plays. I don't know anything about this, but tell me some words. <laughs> All right, we're locked in. All right. Uh... It's not that he cannot, he will not. <laughs> do you have any, Matt? Oh, no, um, I, I wrote them. Um, if you've got one or two, then you can help him fill in the blanks yeah. by going along a similar theme. I know the Christian holy virtues. Um, I you know I know all of those, but I don't know what the what the pillars of Islam are. Um, I don't know if it's anything remotely similar. Truth, yeah. faith, courage, chastity, fortitude, things like that. Those Those five sound good. We are locked in with our five then. Yeah, the only one I could remember offhand, and that's because I, I actually briefly worked with a charity, not for them, but like in conjunction with, uh, called Zakat, which, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, like charity or like community reinvestment. And I know that's one of the pillars of the Islamic faith. Uh, the other ones we put were uh, honor, family, faith, and then truth, I think. Mm -hmm. So they are Shahada, or faith, Salah, or prayer, Zakat, charity, Psalm, fasting and hajj which is the pilgrimage to mecca so one for transatlanticism and you guys got two mm -hmm. all right so to recap the scores really quick we have my my collingwood uh collingwood is that what it is come on they're your pies you know this <laughs> my uh my beloved pies coming in at 29 points and transatlanticism my favorite uh, death cab album coming in at 38 okay question six one of four new elements added in 2015 Oganesson is a synthetic chemical element that was added to group 18 or the noble gases, although it is variously predicted to be a noble gas as well, or to break the trend due to relativistic effects. What are the other elements or noble gases in group 18? I know five of them dead on. Air was the last one. Yeah, right. we, we've got all of them. We're locked in. Feel free to talk out loud with Matt. All right, what are the five you got? Right, the five I've got. Uh, helium, argon, neon, krypton, and radon. I don't suppose you have any idea what the last one is? Oh, no. I'm not good at elements. 
I uh, unless it's a Honda. Hey, all right. Is it going to be like a radioactive element? It is radioactive. Yes, it. Um, it definitely it. But it's not plutonium, uranium, or anything in that gas. Uh, those definitely aren't noble gas. Those are metallic or or the. Well, those are heavy metals. Yeah, if you will. They're heavy metals. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um. For the, for the interest of time, I think we'll just need to lock in with those five, unfortunately. And then my favorite uh, Nirvana song, Lithium, as our six. I believe it's uh, Helium, Neon, Argon, Krypton, Xenon, Radon, and Oganesson would be the whole seven in that group. Okay, yep. Uh, neon, Xenon, Argon, Krypton, Helium, and Radon. They're called the, the noble gases now um, because they used to think they were completely unreactive, but um, Krypton actually has been found to bond with things in very rare circumstances. So now they're called noble gases because they... No, they rarely mix with well, there, other things. There was the famous bonding of Jor-El and Kal-El before Kal-El was sent to Earth. <laughs> All right. So to clarify, uh, the Pies got 16 on that one. Transatlanticism only got five points. And our next question is brought to you by Imagine Dragons. Okay. Uh, although their history has changed through various crises and reboots, the Justice League of America original founding members, as depicted and Brave and the Bold number 28 in 1960 are what seven Silver Age heroes? That one I'm not too sure. These last three, Jeff, I'm not sure if they came in later or not. Yeah, unfortunately on the time frame, I'm not great. I mean, I could I can list you know, 25 um, all right. DC <laughs> front I, runners, but... I feel pretty good. Um, I know we're at least going to get four, four or five points, so we're, we're locked in. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm much more of a Marvel person. I haven't seen any of the DC films and I never read comics. I've just got no interest in them at all. Um, so I can name a couple of the people from the Justice, most recent Justice League film, but that's not really giving me much help, I don't think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash were in the original Justice League. I had all those, yeah. Yeah, and um, then... I don't know if Aquaman was brought in later. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Aquaman I know was in the most recent film, but I don't know if he was brought in later. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many more we'd get, so I think we can put Aquaman in there. So that brings us to five. I had Green Lantern written down as well because that was the only other DC superhero I could even think of. Okay. Um, and then, but for the last one, I was kind of torn between uh, Green Arrow and um, Robin, and I'm not sure if maybe Batman let his his little friend in or not. Uh, I would be inclined more to go with Green Arrow. Okay. Personally, I don't know if Robin would have been would necessarily be have been a full member. I could be wrong. We'll lock in then with the with Green Arrow as our seventh. Uh or yeah, for us, uh we have the Trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Uh we threw in Aquaman. Uh one of my favorites uh that wasn't said was Martian Manhunter, I believe was in the original. So the the final two I was a little confused. I wasn't sure when they came in. Uh if the Flash was in the original, I can't remember. Uh, if it was Green Lantern, Green Arrow, who came first, uh, and then Flash I, always gets there first, right? Flash always does get there first. You're right. And then our final two: Green Lantern and Hawkgirl. Oh, so close. Um, the answers are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, and Martian Manhunter. Ooh. So we oh we switched Hawkgirl for Flash, and we would have had it. Yeah. Uh. For, for the record, uh, Green Arrow was the eighth member to oh. join. So both teams, both teams close. with six points on that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, question eight. There are two American territories 
that have an eagle on their flag because, you know, America. Mm -hmm. There are also 10 sovereign nations that depict an eagle in one form or another. Name eight of those 10. Oh, my God. All right, this is all Jeff. I have no idea. Eight of the 10 countries that have an eagle on their flag? Correct. Yep. Oh, actually, I do know a couple of them. One of them, right? They used to. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Those are just colors, Neil. You're doing great. You're doing great. For the record, I'm only certain of two of these. Oh, okay. But I'm taking educated guesses on the rest of these. So, you guys pretty much ready to lock in? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Albania has one, for example. It's a co- is there a condor or it's a two? It's a two-headed bird. Right. It's either a condor or an eagle. I think it might be a condor, so that wouldn't count. I know that Guatemala has guns on its flag. I don't know if it's possibly an eagle, if it's a bird as well. Uh, uh, Nicaragua, possibly something like that. I think we're basically picking, again, likewise, you could say El Salvador as well. So we got uh, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Austria, Mexico, Paraguay, Honduras, and Albania. A lot of these are American still, as in the continent. And uh, I think a lot of them have Spanish descendants Mm -hmm. uh, or Spanish relations. So that's kind of how I went with the whole list. Yeah. So Jeff wrote down uh, Mexico, Spain, Spain, Paraguay, Honduras. Uruguay, Argentina, Guatemala, and if we get this question wrong, Jeff will be sent to Belize. Wow. According to my research in the list that I have, I have Albania, Ecuador, uh, Egypt, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Moldova, Montenegro, Serbia, and Zambia, and Zimbabwe. Man, we are in the wrong area of the country. (laughs) Now... Now, Zambia and Zimbabwe both have um, what is technically an African fish eagle that they call it, but it still counts as an eagle. All right, yeah. so that's one point for the pies and two for transatlanticism. That was a tough one. Way to pull out Albania. Number nine, Stephen King has written 59 novels, many of which that have been adapted to the big screen. Name the nine one-word title Stephen King books written under his own name or his pseudonym, Richard Bachman that have been made into feature films under the same title. Neil's got uh, migraine, but it might also be giving him superpowers, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't think this particular one is. Yeah, it's 50-50. Would you like me to rub some tiger balm on your neck? I might. Yeah, you might have to. <laughs> made it with real tiger. Okay, we're locked in. Uh, so we have Christine, It, Carrie, Firestarter, Langoliers, Thinner, and Misery. We had It, Carrie, Cujo, Cujo. Christine, Firestarter, Dreamcatcher, Thinner, Misery, and then Tommy Knockers. <laughs> the correct answers are Carrie, Firestarter, Cujo, Christine, It, Thinner, Misery, Dreamcatcher, and Cell. That last one is kind of a smaller movie. Uh, it did get a limited theatrical run. Um, but it stars uh, John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Dreamcatcher is the one with the butt aliens, right? Is that... okay. Yes, uh, the ass weasels. Uh, so that's eight for the pies and uh, six for transatlanticism. All right. Okay, since its debut in 1964 and created uh, just to fill space at a time of year with little sports news, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue has been an annual tradition and has grown into a major marketing franchise. For models, being the subject of the Swimsuit Issue magazine cover is quite a celebrated highlight. 
including solo appearances and group photos, there have been 15 models who have graced the cover of the swimsuit issue. Name any 10 of them. <laughs> I can tell you right now that being British, there's, there's a simply, there's no possibility that I can even contribute to this at all. So We're locked in. Okay. I wrote down the only one I'm 100% sure is I'm sure Kate Upton did it one year. Uh, I know Mar- Marissa Miller's been in it a bunch. I put Cindy Crawford, but I don't think it's her. I think Chrissy Teigen might have done it. Uh, Serena Williams was on one year, I believe. I believe it was Serena. So I put Serena, and then I just put Anna Kornikova because I thought maybe she did one year. So those are, um, I guess, our final one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's no... No, well, Serena Williams and Kornikova, I could have thought, I could have worked in my head. That's why I was kind of asking about that, but other than that, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are our six then. Little Neil story. So my mom every year uh, would buy me the Sports Illustrated magazine. Um, God bless her. Mom of the year. Yeah. So she bring in. She's like, here you go. Here's the new, the latest one. And she she did actually last year too, which uh, let me um, put up one name who was just on multiple covers in the last five years. So yeah. it's going to start with uh, Kate Upton. Tyra Banks, who I met at a uh, Nordstrom in Oakbrook and had her autograph in my Sports Illustrated. Uh, Elle McPherson, mm. Heidi Klum, Miranda Kerr, Chrissy Teigen, Christy Brinkley, Kathy yeah. Ireland, mm. Petra Nemkova, and Cheryl Teague. Of which I think we're only sure of about three of those. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. Um, with two covers apiece, we'll start with Yamala Diaz-Rahi, Carolyn Murphy, Elsa Benitez, Rachel Hunter, Rebecca Romaine, Veronica Varakova, Daniel Pestova, and Tyra Banks. And with three appearances on the cover each, Kate Upton, Kathy Ireland, Cheryl Teagues, Christy Brinkley, and Daniela Pestova, and with a record five appearances, L. McPherson. All right. So at the end of round one, it looks like the pies, my beloved Mac pies, are at 56. And transatlanticism, 58. All close right. game. Nice. Uh, Shockingly close. Yeah. Riding that uh, that early streak to, to lead and just kind of trying to hold on. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I can contribute more in the second half. I wasn't really much good for most of that. Okay, so for the swing round, I'm going to give you the year that a movie was released and three title chapters from the DVD or Blu-ray, and you just have to name me the movie. Now, I do want to point out that uh, each of these chapters are consecutive. Like, there are three consecutive chapters. I, I didn't jump around and, you know, pick one. So, you know, so. Okay. Okay. Uh, number one, from 2010, Kidnapping. The Safe's Combination, A Deeper Dream. Number two, from 1987, Everyone Wants Junior, Junior's New Daddies, Breaking Up. Okay, from 2007, The Getting Place, Call It Friendo, Deal Gone Wrong. From 1978, Decorations, Dance Macabre, It Was the Boogeyman. From 1992, on display, here to kill you, deserves got nothing to do with it. From 2009, rescue Kevin, 
old man fight, dog fight from 1984. Little sandwiches is one louder, isn't it? Clever or stupid from 1962. Out of the woods, Mr. Arthur Radley let the dead bury the dead from 1999. Psycho boy. A near-life experience, Tyler says goodbye. From 2008, right choice, watch the world burn, your plan is blackmail. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances, I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, looks like these guys have come up with uh, 10 answers for five points apiece. Let's uh, let's go through those uh, questions again and see what they came up with. Okay. Uh, in 2010, kidnapping, the safest combination, a deeper dream. I mean, if you're going to dream a little bit deeper, we're thinking 2010 was the year for Inception. Mm-hmm. Yep. We also said Inception. It is Inception. Okay. In 1987, everyone wants Junior. Junior's new daddies breaking up. Uh, we weren't sure. We just figured uh, Junior and the uh, the name being associated with a baby. So we just went three men and a baby. Mm, that's a good guess. Um, I, w- I couldn't stop thinking about Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Junior. So we said Junior. Uh, the correct answer is Raising Arizona. Oh. That's right. Oh, it's the one Coen Brothers film I haven't actually seen. <laughs> of course it is. Okay. Uh, 2007, The Getting Place. Call it friendo, deal gone wrong. Luckily, this one had the, the famous quote that helped us here. We want no country for old men. Call it friendo. Yeah, yeah speaking, of, speaking of the Coen brothers, no country for old men, exactly the same reason, call it friendo. Somehow when I compiled this list, I didn't realize I had not only two Coen brother movies, but two of them back to back. It is <laughs> no country for old men. <laughs> okay, in 1978, decorations, dance macabre, it was the boogeyman. 
Yeah, this one um, took me a second to get to it. And then Jeff was like, uh, he's like, what has uh, Dance Macabre and what has the Boogeyman? And I was like, oh, Boogeyman, that's uh, Michael Myers. So it's like Halloween. I was like, what are we setting up decorations for? Also, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I I originally focused a lot on dance and was thinking Saturday Night Fever. And then uh, uh, Addie mentioned maybe it was a horror movie because of the Boogeyman that got me to Halloween. So we said Halloween. And it is indeed Halloween. 1992, on display. Here to kill you deserves got nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah, for this one, uh, it was sort of a last minute one. I couldn't remember what this was from. And then I kept saying the line in my head and I was like, deserves got nothing to do with it. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Deserves got nothing to do with it. So I went uh, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood. Mm, yeah, right. that line sounded very familiar to me, but I thought it was from Terminator 2. So I said Terminator 2. Deserves got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, it was said without an accent. Uh, it is unforgiven. Come on. This has got nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. Who's your daddy? What does he do? <laughs> Come on. Uh, 2009. Rescue Kevin. Old man fight. Dog fight. Uh, th- this one took me a minute, actually. It took me a, a, a minute of thinking before I realized the year. And I was able to put the three elements together. Kevin as in a little boy. Old man fight is in the old man who's the star of the show, and dog fight is in Alpha's pack. So I was hoping, I'm hoping it's up. <laughs> we thought we were being ridiculous when we thought, what has an old man, a Kevin, and a dog? And we went up. Uh, Kevin is actually the name of the bird. Um, Russell is the name of the boy, but it is up. Okay, <laughs> right for the wrong reasons, <laughs> but I'll take it. Got there, but the wrong way, yeah. Okay, nah, 1984. Little sandwiches. It's one louder, isn't it? Clever or stupid? Yeah, we're hoping this one goes to 11 uh, and said Spinal Tap. Uh, I thought originally it was Spinal Tap. Uh, Neil thought on the strength of the last uh, one that was said uh, that it was Breakfast Club. So we said Breakfast Club. Ooh. uh, Yeah, it is actually Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. Well, that was a a migraine answer if I've ever heard one. Were y'all aware that um, on the internet movie Daddy Base that the movie This Is Spinal Tap is the only one with a possible rating of 11 stars? Mm, That's funny. That's my bad, Jeff. Okay, 1962. Out of the Woods, Mr. Arthur Radley, Let the Dead Bury the Dead. Um, Yeah, we just, on the strength of Radley, we said To Kill a Mockingbird. We agree. It's the right year for it. Yep, To Kill a Mockingbird is correct. 1999, Psycho Boy. A near-life experience. Tyler says goodbye. Yeah, we just realized what it is. Ah. Jeff wrote American Beauty, but I believe it's Fight Club. It is Fight Club. Yeah. yeah. On the basis yeah. of Tyler, it can only be surely Fight Club. It is Fight All Club. Right. All right, so the pie's a little too late on that one. Yes. It's because they were following the first rule of Fight Club. So yeah. they, they, <laughs> they, they were going one step further and not even thinking about Fight Club. <laughs> All right, 2008 right choice watch the world burn your plan is blackmail i give you my word it's the dark knight mm-hmm. uh, we agree dark knight never get tired of those joker impressions it is indeed the dark knight speaking of joker impressions uh, have y'all seen that uh footage of uh joaquin phoenix it's real creepy it, it, yeah. it is very creepy it's, it's it's very well made i have the utmost faith in joaquin phoenix to be to be frank. Well, a little callback to earlier in the show. The director of that is Todd Phillips from The Hangover. Yeah, he sure is. 
All right, so uh, that's an additional 35 points for my beloved pies. And uh, transatlanticism picks up 40, so that's 91 for the pies, 98 for transatlanticism. High-scoring affair. Take it away for round two when you're ready. Okay. In 1981, almost 175 years after Britain became the first country to do so, the country of Maritania became the last country to ban what practice? All right, we're locked in. I think this is slavery. Uh, I I know I know that Britain was was significantly earlier than a lot of the other countries. I know that um, during the Amistad crisis, there was a big thing about the fact that uh, that all the Britain still had a lot of colonial properties in Africa at the time. So I think it was early nineteenth century that Britain did ban it. Okay, yeah, and one hundred seventy five years takes you to about eighteen oh five, eighteen oh six. So uh, that sounds right. So we'll lock in with slavery. We feel that the UK was the first to ban slavery. And slavery is correct. All right, 11 points apiece. Okay. And this is where you see start uh, some of the categories will start to mirror each other from round to round. Uh, number two, most national flags are rectangular in shape with a few exceptions, such as Nepal's combination of two pennants. But what two countries have a perfectly square-shaped flag? I've got this. Perfect. We are locked in with whatever Ed, Ed feels like. <laughs> I am not helpful here. This one's really going to bug me. Is it like Indonesia or... Not that I know of. No. Ohio. Um, Ohio is funny. But it's not square-shaped, but you know that. Yes. Um, man, I'm going to sit here all day and I'm not going to get it. So. No, you're not. Right, let's just take the points. We're going to go with Switzerland. Uh, stay neutral. Um, and I will hope... I'll hold my hand if it's wrong, but I feel Switzerland is definitely right. And I'm hoping it's the Vatican City is the other one. Switzerland and the Vatican City is correct. All right. So big 12 points for transatlanticism, one for the pies. <laughs> and I suppose these two countries are just following the great uh, philosopher Huey Lewis uh, in his <laughs> wise words, it's hip to be square. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Number three. Between 1943 and 1945, there were three major conferences in which the big three, U.S., Russia, and Britain, met concerning World War II or post-World War II strategies, each named after the city in which they gathered. What are those cities? All right, I've got two, Neil. Do you remember the other one? I'm really struggling at the moment. I should know these. Is that one? I don't know why that's coming to me. No, I think you might be seeing that other one in there. Oh, that's yeah, that's possible. We'll just lock in. I'm exceptionally pissed at myself. Though. Excellent. My favorite kind of Jeff. I'm ho- I don't know if I gave away one of them earlier in the show because I mentioned the Yalta Conference, but I don't know if that was a Cold War thing. Berlin would make sense. I don't know, possibly Paris, maybe, after it was take- after it was recaptured. So we could do Berlin, Paris, and what was the other one, the first one you said? Yalta. Hope that was World War II rather than post it. Okay. We'll lock in with those three. Okay. You didn't give it away earlier. I, you did mention it, though. Yalta is, is definitely one of them. Uh, another one of them is Podstam. And for the life of me, I can't come up with the third. Okay. They are Yalta, Potsdam, and Tehran. All right. That's uh, two for the pies, one for <laughs> transatlanticism. Okay. Released in 2004 and based on the 1998 novel, A, Win, a Window for One Year, the Door and the Floor was the fifth film to be based on a novel by John Irving. What are the other four? Hint, like The Door and the Floor, one of them does not share the title of its source material. 
I have never heard of any aspect of this. I've never heard of the author of the film of any of the books. <laughs> this is absolutely horrific. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I know I've heard of the author, but I, I don't know any of these. Do you know this author at all? No, not one I'm familiar with. This one is like in a really bad pocket of stuff that I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I've got absolutely yeah. nothing. All right, we're just going to tap. Okay. We don't know anything, so I'm going to lock in with A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> okay, that was a good effort. Um, wow, this, this this played a lot harder than I thought it would. Um, the four are The World According to Garp, The Hotel New Hampshire, The Cider House Rules, oh. and Simon Birch. I've heard of The Cider House Rules, but that's and it. Simon Birch is actually uh, the name of the John Irving novel it's based on is A Prayer for Owen Meany. All right, no points on that one. Number five. And there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes found themselves united against a common threat. And on that day, the Avengers were born. When they did form in Avengers number one in 1963, who were the five founding members? Looking for five, right? Yeah. Um, All right, we're locked in. Okay. Um, So I'm pretty sure Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America are. Yeah. Um, And then I think... Spider-Man might have also have been in the original Avengers. He definitely joined them. He may have been the original. Um, I'm not sure that I had him written down as a possible. I, I know the Hulk. I don't think he was one of the original Avengers in the comics. So I, I think Hawkeye's not a bad guess. So we can do Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hawkeye, and Spider-Man. Yeah, cool. Unless, unless Black Panther, unless you feel that Black Panther might have been in the original set, would that were? Yeah, I think there would be pushback in 1960s if they added him originally, possibly. So, um, so we'll lock in with those five: Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hawkeye, and Spider-Man. All right. Well, we're thinking the same thing with Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, but we also added the Hulk and Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Can I take a guess on this one? Sure. Go ahead. I think it's uh, Mr. Fantastic, Ant-Man, Vision, Cap, and Thor. There's so much wrong with that. Um, <laughs> um, although uh, all of you got some, but nobody got all of them. Uh, and I know this was a tricky question, unless you're like a real comic book nerd like me. And I won't even go into trying to correct everything that was said, trying to answer it. Um, I'll be like Wolverine and Spider-Man, but that's okay. Uh, because uh, uh, five uh, founding members are actually Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Ant-Man, and Wasp. Captain America actually didn't join until uh, issue four when that was when they famously found him uh, frozen in the iceberg and thawed him out. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. All right, so that's four for the pies and two for transatlanticism. Okay, number six. For the heist that is central to the plot of Reservoir Dogs, six strangers are recruited and assigned colorful nicknames. But then almost everyone knows that. Who are the six actors who portray Mr. White, pink, orange, blonde, blue, and brown. Well, Lockton. yeah. <laughs> Steve Bikimi is Mr. Pink. Uh, Eddie Bunker is Mr. Blue, famously a real-life bank robber in his own right. Um, Quentin Tarantino was Mr. Brown, one of the first of uh, Tarantino's cameos in his own films. Harvey Keitel um, was Mr. White. Uh, Tim Roth was Mr. Orange. Uh, Mr. Blonde was uh, Michael Madsen. All right. Well, we're locked in with what Eddie said. (laughs) 
we have the same answers. Uh, Matson, Roth, Keitel, Buscemi, Tarantino, and Bunker. Yep, that is correct. Uh, in order from when I named them, uh, white was Keitel, pink was uh, Buscemi, orange was Tim Roth, uh, blonde was Matson, uh, blue, Eddie Bunker, and brown, Quentin Tarantino. Awesome. Good All job, right. Eddie. 16 points apiece. Good job. Yeah. Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blue. Okay. Interesting, because going into question seven, speaking of video games, the Mario Kart franchise got a start in 1992 with the release of Super Mario Kart for the Super NES system, allowing you to choose your driver from one of eight Mario-based characters. Name any seven of them. Uh, I've got a few. How, how many have you got? Um, I have, so I'm 100% sure on Mario, Toad, Yoshi, Peach, Luigi, Bowser. Yeah, I think I think Donkey Kong actually is one of them. Is he, was he one of the originals? That's, that, was the, that was the question. Is that I know that, well, I suppose it would make sense because obviously Mario's first game was a Donkey Kong game. Yeah, and this 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 game came out right around the same time as Donkey Kong Country, so they were trying to push that character back. Um, the other one I think is there's a Koopa Troopa or the one of the little green guys. I think he's one of the other characters. Um, yeah, he would have been in there as well. Yeah, we'll dock in with Mario, Donkey Kong, Toad, Yoshi, Peach, Luigi, and Bowser. Based mostly on my knowledge of the '64 one, we went uh, Toad, Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, Princess Peach, uh, Donkey Kong, and Bowser. I think the last one in the a 64 one would be Wario. Okay. The original eight were Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Yoshi, Bowser, Koopa Troopa, Toad, and Donkey Kong Jr. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Question eight. All right. Marilyn Monroe is famously the first ever Playboy centerfold and cover model. And while their covers traditionally feature both Playboy Bunny and Beautiful Women, there have been 11 times that a man has appeared on the cover. Most of the covers are with women, but at least one cover is solely with a man. They have been most commonly comedic actors or comedians, but have also included musicians and business moguls. Name any eight of the 11. Write down whatever you think, and then I'll, I'll just say I agree. <laughs> I trust your judgment. Okay, we're locked in. Hugh Hefner, I believe, is uh, like an obvious one. I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure Rodney Dangerfield was on once. I can kind of okay. picture picture the cover. Donald Trump uh, would make sense. Yeah, he definitely did have one that's come up recently. And then I also wrote down Chris Rock. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm trying to. And then I also wrote Andrew Dice Clay as somebody who's like a, okay. a raunchy comedian. Um, and then said there might have been athletes, I believe. So I wrote down Jose Canseco because uh, he yep. something that he would do. So that's what I have written down. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot more than that. Our locked in is Hugh Hefner, Rodney Dangerfield, Donald Trump, Andrew Dice Clay, James Dean, Jose Canseco, Chris Rock, and Mel Gibson. I'm glad with Mel Gibson, if they put him on there, they went the other way and they're putting big dicks on the cover now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, uh, we said uh, Hugh Hefner, Frank Sinatra, Tommy Lee, uh, Seinfeld, Trump, Burt Reynolds, Bruno Mars, Steve Martin, Michael Jordan, and uh, is that Wilt Chamberlain? Wilt Chamberlain, and uh, yeah, James Dean would have been dead for uh, nine years. Perfect. At that time. So. <laughs> like in Kansas. Okay, uh, in order chronologically, they are Peter Sellers, Burt Reynolds, Steve Martin, Donald Trump, Dan Aykroyd, Jerry Seinfeld, 
Leslie Nielsen, Gene Simmons, Seth Rogen, Bruno Mars, and Hugh Hefner. He was the one who was um, on there uh, last year by himself um, after his death. Oh, yeah, I assumed he was memorialized on the cover at okay. some point. So. so we got two. Yeah. We got six. Yeah. I had Seinfeld and crossed it off because I thought that that wouldn't be for good for his brand or whatever. But we didn't either. I just we just put it down. I just knew Bruno Mars because my mom had got me that one. So, <laughs> my God, there's definitely some names there that I would not have expected to see. Yeah. All right. Question nine. Okay. When the NFL merged with the AFL in 1970, the NFL had its all had its biggest growth spurt ever, adding a total of ten teams. Name any nine of those ten. Note. Three of the teams now play under different names and or cities. I'm looking for their current names. All right, here, we'll do our official answers here. So we have the Tennessee Titans, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Oakland Raiders, Philadelphia Eagles, and the LA Rams. For your list, the Browns are technically listed twice there because the Browns moved to Baltimore and became... Oh, fair and, enough. And then they became, and then they added the Browns as an expansion. Um, so I don't know. How, it's kind of it, it gets tricky, like with some of those things. So just, but my list, I have the the Titans, um, who were the Houston Oilers, uh, the L.A. Chargers, who were San Diego at the time, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Indianapolis Colts, who were Baltimore Colts at the time, I believe, uh, New York Jets, Kansas City Chiefs, and Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos. Oh, I'm sorry. I only I only listed eight. Uh, my ninth was the Ra- the Raiders. The Raiders. Okay. So when they joined, they were the Boston Patriots, now the New England Patriots. Uh, when they joined, they were the Houston Oilers, now the Tennessee Titans. When they joined, they were the San Diego Char- Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers. And then uh, the teams that have not moved or relocated, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Denver Broncos. Kansas City Chiefs, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, and the Oakland Raiders. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So seven for trans Atlanticism and five for my beloved Magpies. All right. Question 10. A lifelong favorite team, the Magpies. I totally botched this one division. Sorry. That's all right. Number 10. The Ten Commandments, also known as the Decalogue, are a set of biblical principles relating to ethics and worship and appear twice in the Hebrew Bible, in the books of Exodus and Deuteronomy. They play a fundamental role in Judaism and Christianity, although different religious groups follow different traditions for interpreting and numbering them. But what are the uh, Ten Commandments? Just name them. We only have to do two, right? Because that's, as George Carlin said, is that what he said? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what George Carlin said. I'm looking for the ten as they were uh, transcribed in the Bible. I think you're going to be too picky on the wording here. No, um, no, not at exactly, all. Yeah. As long as you get the general, you know, idea of them is, is fine. I've made a point to memorize these a while back, and of course now I've forgotten, but I've got most of them, I think. I have five that I'm pretty sure on. Who who are we coveting here? Is it, the, is this, it him this, or is this, his... This is too much. <laughs> you just want to read through ten, just those ten all the way through, then we'll lock in with that. Uh, okay, these, uh, yeah, good luck trying to get these in order. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not kill, steal, covet, 
thou shalt not make brazen idols, honour thy father and thy mother, respect the Sabbath, uh, and not take the Lord's name in vain. And adultery, if I didn't already say it. There you go. Yeah, we're we're thinking the same. Uh, Neil wrote down: uh, don't kill, don't covet, don't steal, um, don't take the Lord's name in vain, um, bed your neighbor's wife. So we wrote adultery, uh, and then I added uh, honor thy mother and father, and don't worship false idols. And then uh, I kind of thought a couple of those other ones were in there in the worshiping false idols, but I think Eddie is right about a few of those. He does start out by saying, "I am the Lord thy God; you shall have no other gods before me." It's all one in there together. Oh, actually, that it's one not two separate. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, you shall not uh, worship false or make false idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. I was just hoping somebody would say blasphemer. That's one of my favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Honor your mother and father. Thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Or covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's possessions. And I can't believe that nobody started out with the most simplest one that everybody does almost every day, whether they mean to or not. They shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, simply to lie. All right, Ken is going to tabulate the scores before going into the final round, uh, which will be our normal format. But Mike, thank you for trying this new format on us. It was a lot of fun with the scoring. Oh, definitely. Good. It's mm-hmm. nice to get partial credit when you're kind of right. Yeah, there was only one question where nobody got any points. Yeah. All right. So with that last question, nine points added to the team uh, transatlanticism and uh, seven added to the pies. So that brings the pies to 149 and transatlanticism to 164 going right. into the final. So the final five questions, um, going back to one of my favorite anthology TV shows, I've decided to title You're About to Enter. The fifth dimension. Ooh. <laughs> and the five categories for the fifth dimension are life in the past lane, a life of illusion, no fun allowed, dirty laundry, and life's been good. All right. All the wagers are locked in. Okay. So uh, first category, life in the past lane. Originally calling themselves Mighty Joe Young, this band's name was inspired by a motor oil brand well-known to car racing fans and not a child actress's body part. Okay? Life of Illusion. On Arrested Development, Job's rival Tony Wonder appeared on the cover of What Magazine for Magicians, prompting Job to attempt the same feat only to have his illusion make it their goof of the year. No fun allowed. In 1535, King Henry VIII of England instituted a tax that graduated by social position, mainly so that he wouldn't be required to pay it. What did he tax? Dirty laundry. What is the name of the progressive radio talk show now a video web-based network of shows that was founded by Chuck Younger Ben Mankiewicz and Dave Kohler in 2002 and is currently co-hosted by Unger and Anna Kasparian. Life's been good. Coming to prominence as a reporter for Entertainment Tonight, Robin Leach hosted his own show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, from 1984 to 1995. Leach 
ended each episode hoping for his viewers to have what that became his signature catchphrase. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. I think, I think, we're, I think we're locking in with our bad answers. All right, both the teams are locked in, so let's uh, let's get on to the answers. Originally calling themselves Mighty Joe Young, this band's name was inspired by a motor oil brand well-known to racing cars fans and not a famous child actress's body part. All right, with 20 points on the line, uh, the pies. Yeah, so this one uh, we were thinking Jeff wrote down Quaker, Pennzoil, Mobile, um, and then we were thinking of child actresses and names and whatnot, and then we came up to the uh, the oil STP and thought of Shirley Temple and then Stone Temple Pilots. Oh man! And with uh, five Oakland five on the line, transatlanticism. We uh, not good. We had nothing. Uh, nope, nothing at all. If we could have got to STP, that would have that would have been helpful. Uh, but we we wrote down Nickelback. Uh, it is Stone Temple Pilots. Look at this Nickelback. <laughs> okay. Uh, on Arrested Development, Job's rival, Tony Wonder, appears on the cover of What Magazine for Magicians, prompting Job to attempt the same feat, only having his illusion to make it their goof of the year. All right. 15 points on the line for the pies. Not to be confused uh, and a bit contentious, the name of this particular magazine and the goof of the year, that would be Poof. Hmm. And uh, another Oakland Five for transatlanticism. I've never seen this show, uh, so there's absolutely no help at all, unfortunately. And uh, I've seen it, but I don't remember in that great a detail. I said popular magician. It is indeed poof. Rough. Okay. In 1535, King Henry VIII of England instituted a tax that graduated by social position, mainly so that he himself would would not be required to pay it. What did he tax? All right, another Oakland Five on the line for the pies. Yeah, we weren't sure. We just kind of thought, you know, what is something that the people uh, who are in poverty would be eating or drinking? So we thought beer, bread, um, and, and things like that. And we just figured maybe that he drank wine, so he didn't like beer. So we said beer. 
Hmm. And 15 for transatlanticism. I know that Henry VIII did that um, the original approach typical version of tennis was implemented around about that time. Um, lo- uh, royal tennis, or it's not the, not the game we know today, but it was an original version of it, came in about that time. So that's why we were thinking more pastimes. But I think you can be right going for food and drink. Yeah, and we locked in with singing. So uh, if this tax was still going on today in America, I believe that Ken would actually have the highest tax to pay and because it was beards. Uh, I can't afford it. <laughs> I've heard something like that before, but would never earlier. Mm. Jeff would pay a very moderate tax. Uh, I, yeah, I'm the only one without a beard here today. Yeah. Tax-free. <laughs> okay, uh, Dirty Laundry. What is the name of the progressive radio talk show, now a video web-based network of shows, that was founded by Chenk Junger, Ben Mankiewicz, and David Kohler in 2002, and it's currently co-hosted by Junger and Anna Kasparian. All right, 15 for the pies. Knowing Cenk uh, Junger, um, he's pretty famous uh, for founding the Young Turks. Hmm. It's uh, 10 for transatlanticism. Uh, yes, we will be losing 10 on this question. Uh, we put TMZ. Yeah. It, it is often uh, times uh, abbreviated to TYT, not TMZ, though, because it yeah. is the Young Turks. All right. And finally, coming to prominence as a reporter for Entertainment Tonight, Robin Leach hosted his own show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, from 1984 to 1995. Leach ended each episode hoping for his viewers to have what? That became his signature catchphrase. All right, 20 for the pies. Uh, remember watching this as a kid on the couch on TV and uh, always hearing uh, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Yep, that sounds correct. Uh, <laughs> I just said have riches. Again, my American TV knowledge, is, this is just not my wheelhouse at all. Yeah, and uh, losing 10 points on that one, transatlanticism. Yes, uh, it is indeed. Champagne wishes and caviar dreams. At the end of the game, it looks like uh, transatlanticism has dropped 45 points all the way down to 119. And today's cream of the crop will be my beloved pies, picking up 65 points to end at 216. You are the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. What a swing. Well done. Yeah, so the migraine medicine, first half, very detrimental. Second half kicked in. Just the final. None of those questions, you know, I mean... There were, you know, a couple of American TV ones. The, you know, American. It was all American stuff mostly, except for one British one, which I didn't know. For for us foreigners, that's a really that's really tough. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think uh, with our format specifically on this game, that stayed the same today. The, the swing round and the final round. With the final round, uh, when the categories are mysterious that way, uh, sort of in the mode of Matt, uh, we we just kind of swung for the fences. It could have gone very horribly. Por- yeah, horribly wrong. <laughs> so we just lucked out today. Uh, I want to thank both of our guests for joining us. Mike, thank you for uh, Skyping in, first of all, and hosting this great uh, game. Well, no worries. Thank you. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I uh, hope it came out okay, and it was a pleasure to do so. We certainly did, and of course, you're welcome back anytime. And Addie, thank you for Skyping in all the way from sunny Scotland. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank you very much. Very much appreciate that. Um, if you're wanting to find my... Uh, if you want to have a go with my international pub quizzes, by the way... Um, if I can just say that, then you can find me on Facebook if you search for Addy's Proxy Pub Quizzes, uh, A-D-Y- A-D-D-Y-S 
proxy pub quizzes. Um, I've got a Facebook page. I've got a fan group as well, so you can talk about the quizzes. And I've also got a Patreon as well, so I do uh, bonus rounds for my Patreon supporters if anyone's interested. So please feel free to check that out. Yeah, certainly. Please do check that out and check us out on Facebook and Patreon. And of course, please try to join the crop. And in ascending beard order, Neil, Matt, Jeff, and myself, Ken, we thank you. That was Triviality. This is DVD. It's a movie on a disc the size of a CD. The picture is twice as sharp as VHS. The sound is infinitely clearer. It looks and sounds like you're at the movies, but you can experience it at home. DVD. See how good a movie at home can be. With over 3,000 titles to choose from, make sure you see your next movie on DVD. Yeah.